Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. OutKick 360 is live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw here and Old Smoky Moonshine on this championship Monday, Carolina and Kansas for the national title. With Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Gentlemen, jam-packed show today previewing the national title, recapping all things that was a tremendous Final Four matchup between UNC and Duke. Brandon Wright will be here before he takes his charter jet to New Orleans for the national title game this evening. Uh, he's with us in about 15 minutes. Later in the show, picks, previews, and much, much more. Good afternoon. Exciting to be out here in these spots to be in downtown Nashville, 6 and Peabody Beer Garden. Great backdrop for a special National Championship Monday show. And we've got quite the game from Saturday night to discuss today. Paul? Lovely, lovely day out. Uh, played the game played beautifully in uh, Mississippi. I didn't really catch any wind of Memphis on this trip to southern, uh, south of Memphis, so that was a good thing. Did you somehow circumvent the city in really its did. entirety? Dropped okay, straight nice. south, and uh, that, it was as if I was uh, not in range. It's, it's rare that a game full of expectations exceeds expectations, but I, I felt that way after the, the game ended between Carolina and Duke. It, it lived up to the hype and then some. And, and with Carolina winning uh, and sending Coach K packing, what, what a way to, to exit Exit stage left uh, for uh, quite the career for, for Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, and what a win for North Carolina as they now go for the title as the eight seed against Kansas tonight. I echo what you said. I mean, for a game with that type of buildup, to actually not just meet it but exceed it is remarkable. And that entire second half, I mean, it was one almost haymaker after the other. I really felt when it was a 4-0 run to start the half and Duke was up 7, it felt significant. And then it wasn't because North Carolina goes on a 13-0 run at that point. And from that point on, it was just back and forth, back and forth, the entire stretch. Big play after big play by both teams. I leave the game feeling like both teams played, obviously played hard, played with the emotion you'd want to see in a rivalry game like that in the Final Four, but played pretty well. Overall, especially North Carolina, there were some guys for Duke, and you know I'll go ahead and say guard play: Wendell Moore Jr., Jeremy Roach, AJ Griffin, seven for thirty-two, one for eleven from three. That's what kept popping my head the whole time. Those guys should stop shooting. Um, that's what I was thinking the entire game after the start of it, and, and that's what really doomed Duke in the game. Yeah, I'll stop short of calling it an outright classic. Chad raises a point there. You have foul trouble for Duke that hurt them inside. Uh, and then Williams with the two missed foul shots at, at the end really hurts them. It did. It was a great, great shot at the end for North Carolina, but it's also not the last possession. And for me, 
to be an absolute classic NCAA tournament game. And, and the back and forth in the second half was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. And it had a lot of emotional swings to it and everything. But when the crucial shot comes with, what, 28 and a half seconds left, instead of inside the last possession, when you know the game is over with about a half a minute left, comes up just short and there have been a billion ncaa games so classic rivalry big time game definitely lived up to expectations in terms of the swings and everything but to me comes up just a touch short because there were there was this bad shooting from duke because of foul trouble that that allowed uh north carolina's inside game to really dominate in stretches and because uh, we saw it over before the the very end, it was an absolute classic. I, I, I completely disagree. Eighteen with you. lead changes, uh, twelve ties throughout this game, and the final score was eighty-one seventy-seven, not fifty to forty-eight. I also think that almost every eighty every classic game has a screw up that's memorable. The two missed free throws by Mark Williams, we'll definitely remember. Was it Sleepy Floyd who threw it right to a North Carolina defender to set up Michael Jordan in 82? We still remember Chris Webber's timeout with no timeouts left in a classic game. Um, I, I don't Look, there's going to be screw-ups over the course of a game. I'm not going to remember Mark Williams' two missed free throws as much as I will Caleb Love's three over the extended Ooh, arm of Mark, Mark Williams, Williams at 7-1. 28 that was just an unbelievable shot. Now, is it as good? Like, if I put the game film on and said, is this game better than this game? It's not a better game than UCLA-Gonzaga the year before. That was amazing. And you had overtime in that one. It had buzzer beaters in that game. All of those things. That's all I'm saying. I just think that, Paul, given there's no way to match it. Like, there's no way to say we're going to recreate the best rivalry in a sport played for the first time in this setting, not just in the tournament, but in the Final Four. Oh, and by the way, it is a, a guy who's been a head coach for 47 years who's the best ever to do it, one of the best ever, can argue that. And it's going to happen all right here with his last game being that game, and it comes down to the final minute. I, I, I completely disagree. I don't think it gets any better than what we saw Saturday yeah, night. Duke led with 61 seconds to play. You just talked about a, ge- a game that was, was no again one, a I'm game that was better, it's all time great. I said it's a great game, but people are eager to, to for some reason to but say Paul, it was like Paul among the all time You could have mentioned that game, and you didn't. So what games would you mention? Well, like the UNLV Duke game that that we've talked about, where where Duke surprised UNLV, and that to me is a more memorable game in terms of the game. Duke and and Kentucky more the, memorable. The difference here's game. the difference in why this game is a classic. Duke, North Carolina in the Final Four passes the mom test, meaning people were interested in that game and sitting around and watching that with the average sports fan in their household. No one's clamoring to watch UCLA and Gonzaga a year ago. Oh. Just no one's talking about that matchup. Turns out to be a great game where it's a classic finish and you want to tune in. This is a matchup that you wanted to watch from tip-off to the end of the game and post-game interviews. I'm not that's disagreeing. A, that's the I'm difference. not disagreeing and, and, with And in between all of that, it wasn't a 22-point victory one way or the other. This was classic Duke and North Carolina where stars were made and so certain stars did not step up and make plays. Caleb Love becomes an icon in, in Chapel Hill for the performance that he put up. And Hubert Davis becomes the guy in the ACC now with what he's done this year at Carolina. All terrific. I, um, it, yeah, it's, now, does North Carolina need to win tonight in order to help cement the status of an all-time great in that game? I don't think so. I think it helps. 
if they go on to win the national championship tonight. But, again, it's just I could point to probably five games this college basketball season. That's a better game. But it may have happened in the regular season with not much on the line. But with all this on the line, it just it was the rare game that I felt. You know, I have no dog in the hunt, and I felt it for the players. I felt it for Coach K. I felt it for Hubert Davis. I thought it was odd. I'm not one to cry foul on sportsmanship in a rivalry, but I thought that Hubert Davis's response was very odd uh, in that there was nothing said to Coach K. There was not one mention of Coach K after the game from him in the interview. Um, again, I don't think he has to go out of his way to gush over Coach K. I just thought in that moment it was a little bit strange. Yeah, you're automatically, at the, at the beginning of your press conference, no matter who you beat, you usually say, Congratulations to them. They had a great season. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of well, cookie I think, cutter. I think the way we'll post-game. dissect the postgame and, and comments made, like Coach K kept referring to them as the other team in the, the interview with Tracy Wilson. I think that's part of the reason why the, the diehards didn't want this to happen in the Final Four. Which we talked about last but, week. But, you know, uh, the, the casual college basketball fan and just the diehard sports fan with nothing to gain other than just – Gathering around and watching a, an awesome Final Four matchup, we wanted this, and and I'm glad college basketball got it. Quite frankly, I know you heard from someone. Are you guys hearing me? Okay, yeah. I am. I don't know why we Whatever adjusted happened. that, but I don't know. yeah, I'm not hearing myself anymore. But you guys hear me? Okay, good. We're here. Um, I, I watched that, and I know that you got a text from someone that says this is such a respectful rivalry. I had the opposite reaction when that game was over, because respectful rivals would have paid homage to an all-time other. great. And Hubert Davis, I thought, went out of his way to not mention Coach K. Coach K at halftime with Tracy Wilson asked about both teams and how they were playing and the effort they were playing with. And the response from Coach K was, well, I can tell you about my team, and what my team has done is this, and I'm happy with their play. I thought, again, it was odd to me that there wasn't more said from the other side after the game about Coach K. I'm going to ask them to put Mike Chad's mic back where it was, and I'll ask uh, Paul this question. Yeah. We had the opposite effect in Kansas-Villanova in that matchup, where it was not the classic moments where Kansas just ran away with it. And that's been kind of the storyline for the Jayhawks to this point. Villanova, I thought, missed a little uh, of, of the, the, the injury situation. But I, I think even them at full strength, they don't keep up with Kansas. David McCormick was just too much to handle. And I thought Kansas, uh, this, is, this is something we talked about, like half-court offense not being very yeah. creative anymore. Kansas was, I, I don't know if it's creative, it qualifies as creative based on how little we've seen of inventive stuff. They found ways to get the ball into McCormick consistently in the post. They, I mean, and they were not worried about throwing the ball in there. They weren't thinking Villanova's going to front him in some way or come and get this pass. They were throwing in soft passes, hard passes, bounce passes, lob passes. McCormick was collecting everything and taking on two or three guys without a problem. He was a man amongst boys. And now we get the Roy Williams Bowl, for lack of a better way to phrase and and set up this matchup where, Chad, we've got Kansas and Carolina and Roy Williams sitting behind the Carolina bench. Did you guys see the photo of Roy Williams getting cursed out by a Kansas fan woman when he was getting out of (laughs) his his, his car? Oh, it is amazing. We'll we'll find it and and (laughs) we'll post it. If if Ellie can hear me right now, we'll, we'll find it. It was amazing. It was some woman, and she had a bad perm job, 
and she had some jeans look like they were from 2007. Okay. On she clearly had a Kansas long sleeve T-shirt on, and all you see is her back in Roy Williams' face like this. He's getting out of the car, and there's someone with Roy Williams holding her back, and there's another guy kind of on his phone looking at the woman like, "Are we really doing this right now? Are you you still mad? You're still bitter over?" Him leaving Kansas after coaching them successfully for so many years, uh, it was a hilarious. Uh, uh, again, it's just a photo that you see. You can't tell what you say, but you could tell Roy Wims is trying to talk to her, but almost stunned that someone's coming at him, at him getting out of a car, going to the Final Four to watch his alma mater. Um, this is going to be a great game. I mean, it, it's a really good matchup. I know we're going to get into the matchup part of it, recapping Kansas's win. It's exactly this is one where I I, I predicted it perfectly. Unlike most of the games of the tournament, I thought Villanova was going to have a hard time adjusting uh, without more. They did. It was 10 nothing before you could blink in that game, and Kansas never looked back. And Agbaji was oh. incredible. Six for seven from three. I thought Kansas was great in that game. Every time it would get to be seven, six points in the second uh, half, Kansas would go on another run and, and pull ahead e- even more. I thought it was a great night for the Jayhawks. So some some big questions that we'll have throughout the show. Who amongst the coaching fraternity will the country now hate? Uh, Because if you didn't hate Coach K, chances are you were hating on Bruce Pearl or or someone else. But routinely, the national narrative was you either are with Duke or you hate Duke. There's no in-between. And I'm curious where the country now points to. Because collectively, we can't just look down at Baton Rouge either. I don't know if we'll anybody's got the longevity. The longevity was a big part of it, too. So yeah. um, I don't know that anybody will bring out quite well, the venom. We will discuss that. We will preview Kansas and North Carolina as well. Hit some NFL headlines and uh, get some previews of tonight's championship matchup. That's all straight ahead. Brandon Wright will join us on site here at 6th and Peabody. Broadcasting live with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Did you guys hear they've got the new uh, Heffy and maybe a Pilsner they're going to bring by Ooh. for us to try? Can we do know. that now uh, as opposed to later? I've got the text that they're going to send that All by. Right. Come on. <laughs> Bartender. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter with your national championship predictions at OutKick360. From 6th and Peabody, we roll on across. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's the Outkick Network. Coming up in an hour, Dan Dockich from Don't At Me with Dan Dockich across the Outkick Network. He gives his take and preview of tonight's matchup and will review the Final Four and the win that Carolina had over Duke. Speaking of the Tar Heels victory, congratulations to Brandon Wright, former Tar Heel, 12-year NBA vet, broke this game down for us uh, last week and joins us on site at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Congrats. Appreciate it. Um, unfortunately, you're not – I thought you were going down to the title game. You you had best intentions here. Yeah, I, I had been working on it all morning. Yesterday afternoon, you know, we were texting back and forth. Yeah. Um, I was trying to get it locked down this morning, but around about 11, 11.30, 12 o'clock, I figured I, I couldn't get it pulled off. Brandon, i got to give you full marks here because – not just because you're a Tar Heel – but the first day of the tournament, we had you on. Yeah. One of the first two days, maybe that Friday. Yeah. 
And I think North Carolina just beat Marquette by 30, or they were in the process of doing so. And you told us, you said, this is a team that could, could very well get to, very easily get to the Final Four when you watch them. And I thought at the time, like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he You said, were spot on. You said if they get past Baylor, they've got the shot. You, you, yeah, you thought even then they had a good route. It's, it was all matchups. Um, you know, you look at the pass and, now, you know, people always have a sense of humor about the NCAA tournament, how they match these teams up. If we got the right setup, which we did, mm-hmm. you know, the only team I was really worried about was Kentucky. And, you know, you know what they did. They pooped the bed on the first game. So Kentucky was out the way. That was a bad matchup for us. They beat us pretty bad earlier. But, um, you know, once we got those guys out the way, smooth sailing. What was it like post-game on your phone with, with buddies of yours, former players, Tar Heels, maybe some Duke players that you know, in the Final Four victory compared to the win that you had at Cameron Indoor to end the regular season? I'll break it down to you. So the Duke players, they're missing. They're nowhere to be <laughs> yeah. found. None of those guys are. The only the only notable Duke player I've seen come out and say anything is Jay Williams. And his was like a like a, like a crying, you know, depressed, and lost his voice. So this, this is how I break it down. If you think about Duke, if you think about their history with Coach K, Every player, I think, when did he take over, 91? Oh, Duke, uh, Coach K? Yeah. 1980. Okay, so (laughs) think about it. Every player, every living Duke player out there now, from 1980 to now, has played for Coach K. That's not the same as Carolina. You know, we've had four coaches in the last 40, 40, 45 years. So every player out there that played for Coach K is is feeling the, the pain right now that he had to go out like that, and he had to go out to us. Just so, an, yeah. That's huge. Observation I had post-game, and my wife's a big Duke basketball fan, and there's this weird thing in Nebraska where she's from where apparently you pick Duke or North Carolina in basketball and not anyone around you. <laughs> so all of her friends are either Duke or North Carolina. So she started hearing from high school friends, cousins that were North Carolina fans after the game. And she claims that North Carolina's hatred of Duke far exceeds Duke's hatred of North Carolina. <laughs> For whatever reason, in Nebraska, and that no, and that there's no sense of, um, hey, great career, Coach K. Yeah. And by the way, I saw that from Carolina's side right after the game because Hubert Davis said nothing about Coach K and barely even stopped to give him a handshake on the way through when Coach K stopped to pat him on the chest. Do you see it that way? I mean, it runs deep. You know, (laughs) I mean, Hubert played against Coach K, so this is, you know, this runs all the way back to when he was 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. So he knows the, the old Coach K. It's, this is a new Coach K, you know, more relaxed, you know, more complimentary of players over the last 10 years or so. You know, back in the day, he was pretty cutthroat as far as a coach and the way he ran the program and, you know, his his, his feelings toward North Carolina. But, you know, we – you guys see it. I mean, you got the Will Smith, Chris Rock, you know, Hubert Davis slapping Coach K. It's all kind of stuff going around right now, we, and we're loving it. We 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 love it. Oh, it's, it's a great it it's a great time for Carolina. One other thing, quickly, Paul. Sorry on that the hatred part of it. Uh, let me give you my hypothesis on it. Um, people will claim North Carolina is a bunch of cheaters yeah. because of the grade fixing scandal. People also believe Duke has done things in the past that hasn't been reported on, or people don't talk about. I think that fuels the rivalry a bit. Yeah. North Carolina's probably tired of saying, oh, we broke all these rules, but good old pretty Duke over here, the <laughs> private school, I'm sure they've never done anything wrong. Nothing happened with Zion Williamson. You know, we're not going to talk about that on the broadcast. Is that part of it with North Carolina? I think so. But I, we, we know they've done, they've done things. 
you know, they just haven't been caught. All these schools around here are doing things they're not supposed to be doing. It's all about who can get caught, who can, who can, you know, cover themselves up, you know, you know, not, not making any strong offers like LSU or, you know, keep it off wiretaps. The, the stuff goes on. I can, I can take a, a substantial amount of money and find a kid in Nashville, and if I pay him, he never says anything about it, and he goes to Carolina. No one ever knows anything about it. It's a done deal. So that's how those things go down. But you're right about that. You know, who who? so who does um, your wife say Duke hates? Who Do they hate it? Well, hate it's, it, again, or, you, know, you know, this is this is her thing coming from her friends that yeah. are north. And some of them and are not. They're not all Nebraska people. That's that elitist attitude we talked about last yeah, week. Yeah, it's too. like, uh, you know. We don't hate anyway. We're if the best, we, yes. Know? Yeah, I think that might be part of it. It's, you know, if we won, we would win with class. Yeah. Yep. Because Coach K's classy. And he would have taken his time to go and shake everyone's hand and give them a little speech yeah. after the game. Yeah. There's a little bit of that going on with it also. How yeah. was it the other direction? Which is why people hate Duke. How do, you feel, how do you feel like Duke treated Dean Smith at the end and Roy Williams at the end? I think they treated Roy pretty respectful. But the, the Dean, you know, they, they really despise him like our people despise Coach K. Because Dean was the man. He was on top for a long time, had been in North Carolina for a long time. And this hot new coach – you know, Coach K comes in, he starts winning, he starts getting the recruits in, and now it's back and forth. Eight miles down the road, you know, every game means something. It doesn't matter if the, the one team was a huge underdog. I mean, as you've seen with us, you know, two games in a row, those teams can always win. You throw the records out the door. It's, it's, um, this one, they'll be talking about this for a long time. I've heard seven, eight, and 11. What is the mileage? It's eight. Eight. I think it's a little bit over eight. Actually, like uh, 8.1 or 2, something like that. I'm taking yours as defender. Yeah, he would know. Yeah. He would know. Uh, Brandon Wright with us, uh, Tar Hill, 12-year NBA vet. We're going to preview the matchup with Kansas in a moment. We're going to stick on the Duke matchup for a moment as well. You, you said you, you love the way they match up yeah. against Duke. And, and, I mean, throughout this tournament, they matched up well because of their physical, physical yeah. nature down low and the way they crashed the board so well. But is there is there a specific player um, – style of play, uh, maybe a moment where you saw this Carolina team flip it into gear? Uh, because I think it's hard to describe why all of a sudden things have clicked for yeah. them compared to what we saw in the regular season. I mean, I, I've been saying this since he got on campus last year. I think the key is Caleb Love because he, he was touted to be a one and done when he came in last year. He was supposed to be not there right now. And the season didn't go as, as great as he wanted it to last year, and he – you know, ultimately had to come back. I mean, he's just flipped the switch. He's playing incredible. I mean, he took some bad shots in the second half, but he made more than he missed. You right. Know? So, I mean, he's just so big. He's, you know, he's a 6'4", 200-pound physical guard, athletic, can do everything. I mean, you, you see Duke, they couldn't do anything with him. You know, he's, and he's the key. If, if, we, if he dominates tonight, we should be able to raise the trophy up at the end. If, if Baycott doesn't come back in, does Duke win the game? I think we still win. I, th I think we still had everything. He didn't going. last very much longer. Yeah, picked he, up the fifth foul. Yeah, he picked up the fifth foul. He wasn't moving well, you know. And it'd be interesting to see him early tonight because Kansas has some really, really good active bigs that can that can expose him. If Is there a mental well. edge to that though when he comes back out from leaving the game with the with the ankle or the foot or whatever I, it was? He I didn't did. stay in the locker room very long. No, nah, he did. He ran back, and I don't know what he did. I guess they <laughs> wanted to do an X-ray. He's like, no, nah, I'm just. Mr. Mr. Miyagi got a hold of him back there. He was ready to go. You know, I know he's feeling sore yesterday, and he's feeling sore today. You know, how much can he give us tonight? I mean, he's got to play almost the whole game. We only play seven guys, which is a, you know, a big 
opposite way in a traditional your Carolina usually we usually play 11 10 you know 11 12 guys each night but that's just not this team it's so unique about this run Brady Manick hit some unbelievable oh. threes from the corner yeah. in the game yeah. and he finished three for six Brady Manick's a real liability on defense yeah. that was yeah. my big takeaway from that game Boncaro had 20 and 10 he should have had 35 and 15 because they did not go into him enough yeah. and North Carolina refused to double uh, and it was one-on-one, and he we, could get whatever shot around the basket he wanted on Manic. But he's also a mismatch on offense. Yeah. So how do you view his role in this game against Kansas? You, you mentioned they have really good bigs, but how Hubert Davis makes sure you're getting the offensive benefit from Brady Manic while covering up some defensive deficiencies. Yeah, he has to make shots. And in the first half, he didn't make shots, and we obviously we were down. And then the second half, he comes out and makes shots. But like you said, Banchero, he dominated him. Um you know, I think he got a little tired, to be honest. Um, he, Like you said, he should have had about 40 points. If I'm Duke, I'm going to him almost every – because we don't double. That's just not what we do. he could get do. it about 10 to 12 feet from the basket, and whenever he got it yeah. there, it was, it was over. Yeah, we He's don't believe in uh, leaving shooters wide open and stuff like that. We, you know, you guard your man in the paint, and then we go rebound the ball. That's what we do because if you, you know, double and then you kick it out, kick it out, and then a shot goes up, then you're not in a position to rebound. So, you know, he, he has to step up tonight on defense. But, you know, if he's making shots like he did against Baylor – you know, when and in the St. Peter's game, you know, he can do whatever he wants on defense. <laughs> Who is the hated coach now that Coach K's not there? I mean, I brought this up before you joined us and, and, and walked into the sixth of Peabody. You know, if, if you're not a Duke fan, chances are you don't like Duke. There's really no in between, right? You're either yeah. you're either on board with, with K or you're not. Who's who's now the the guy that is more or less the Saban of college basketball now? That's a great question. I'm actually looking for that guy. I mean, I, maybe it could be uh, Cronin out in UCLA, maybe. But I, they don't win enough, you know. Yeah. So, you know, who's who's going to win enough to take that mantle? You know, I, I don't know who it is. I, it's it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, look, what do you think There's about no Bill Self? Choice. Uh, because Bill Self's won one title. If yeah. he wins another one tonight, there's a lot of chatter too. Kansas faced five major violations from yep. the NCAA. Didn't hear a peep about it no, you on the broadcast the yeah. other night about Kansas. Yeah. If it was Bruce Pearl coaching that game, we would have heard all about an FBI investigation. But you don't hear that about Kansas and, and Bill Self. Yeah, people like Bill Self. Yeah. You know, he's a good guy. You know, you meet him. He's personable. He's easy to talk to. He, he's done a heck of a job. He doesn't disrespect anyone. You know, he, he's just a good guy. Um, you know, and to go back to what you say, I think if Auburn keeps winning, it'll be Bruce Pearl again. Yes. People will hate him. You know, if they if they win a SEC title, multiple years, and they finally crack and get to the Final Four, and maybe even cut the nets down, people will be hating him What's, more we, than they did. In I, I agree, and I think most people would immediately say Calipari, yep. but Calipari all of a sudden is likable with this team that's not just a bunch of one and done. He's yeah. also you know? not he's, one enough. Uh, the, the scale is not going to be the same as K. But he's at the program where you you hate Kentucky, yeah. right? Uh, but the, the thing the thing about him is, I feel like. Yeah, to Paul's point, he's not winning enough to where you hate them so much. Um, the SEC's kind of, you know, they caught up with him. They, yes, yep. yeah, in, in a in a weird way, quickly too. Yep. Programs have caught up with them. And, and to be honest, I, I didn't, you know, I'm not a Calipari guy or fan or anything like. I didn't like his approach to, you know, especially early in the 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 part of the 2010s or whatever. Yeah, but he's to, to me, he seemed more, more humble. I don't know if you guys see that. They all become more likable the older they get. Yeah. Almost all of them. It, it, the Steve right? Spurrier effect. Yeah. That's yeah. what I call it. When he was later on in his career, he was like the zany old granddad. Yeah. 
You wanted to sit yep. on his lap and have Grandpa tell you a story. <laughs> and that's the way Coach K got at the end of his career. Let me give you a few examples. I think Bayheim's like that. Bayheim was that's, very hateable, yeah. but he's, he's uh, become a good one. more, more I, I find You him, see him coach his kids. He's still annoying to a lot of people, but he's not as annoying. Well, they're not winning enough, too. Yeah. I think that helps him be more likable. Uh, now that he started playing his kids, they don't get to the tournament. Um, I'm going to throw out some names. You tell me what you think about this. Bayheim, as Paul just brought up. Is he a guy that people will hate? He's only won the one national title. Yeah, I think he's hated pretty easily. He's a whiner. Yeah. He's seen as a whiner. Yeah, he – I don't know a lot of people that like him unless uh, they go to Syracuse. <laughs> here's an outside-the-box one for you that hasn't been coaching very long. Jawan Howard, who just slapped an assistant coach. Yeah, that was interesting. I think he's still likable for now. But I think he'll run hot if he keeps losing to Michigan and they don't, they, they don't perform up to the stars that they have on their chest. See, I think if he keeps winning and getting the tournament, getting to Sweet 16s, if he has one more little incident, yeah. even disrespecting a coach in a press conference or something, that heat level is going to get – not heat from the fan base, heat, heat from, from outside. Heat from America yeah. is going to – Yeah, I think that's a good a one, hotter. Chad. Yeah, I, I, like I, don't think, uh, I don't think Michigan has the guts to fire him for anything. You know, unless he, he kills a man There'll or whatever. There'll be so much pressure, though, yeah. outside. Yeah. Izzo. They might have to. Yeah, so Izzo is up there, too. damn likable. I mean, hey, I, you know, and he's changed, too, because, yes. you know, it's like I think it's the one-and-done thing. Once you stop recruiting one-and-dones, I think people start to like your program more. It's, it's a weird thing. I think you're There's right. a weird perception of investment yep. when you don't yep. have a one-and-done. Yeah. Um, and I think there's also, like – Fans have been clamoring to know these players a bit more. Mm-hmm. And whenever you stick around for two or three years, um, and I, I'm not faulting the guys that go to the NBA, you know, I think the coaches get blamed for just loading up the one-and-dones and then yeah. rinse and repeat yeah. and, and doing it with the, a bunch of five-stars. Let, yeah. let me give you one, one other guy that just popped in my head. And so many of these guys, it comes down to are they winning a lot. Mm-hmm. When you win more, you become more hated. So I, I get all that. Eric Musselman. <laughs> because the, the yeah. shirtless dances in the locker room <laughs> and all that, it's cute now. But he's had enough success the last two years, and now he's yeah. got three McDonald's All-Americans yeah. coming in, and the, he's got the second-best recruiting class in America, only behind Duke. Yeah. Um, that's one to watch yeah, his, his on the an- most hated list. His antics will, will get him pushed up on that list very, very much. And I, you, you mentioned Duke, six All-Americans? Well, that's, that goes to my last name on the list, who I know is Brandon Wright's choice. It's John Shire. Now, John Shire is now the most hated coach yeah, in America. He hasn't you watch. coached the game and he, yet. And you know, you, you watch. Have, you He's going to be hated quickly. You guys haven't, uh, He's you haven't, recruiting. You haven't yeah. met him like, you know, enough, but he has that personality that can be very, very like, icky with the media. And he, Sandpaper. He's from Chicago. And, you know, he, Much like Coach K. I can, see, I can see how it could go south quick with the media and, you know, his, his success. I mean, they're going to be great next year. I mean, you know. You played against him, right? I did. I did. When he was there. Yeah, we, were in, we were in the same class, uh, McDonald's All-Americans together and everything. So, I know So, him you probably well. saw him in the AAU circuit. Yeah. Yeah. What was he like to play against? I mean, he was just a solid player. Point guard, tall point guard. He wasn't the fastest. Uh, he In the in SEC turn, he was kind of like a Nick Calathis type of player, if you guys remember yeah. him in yes. Florida. He was that type of player. You know, real solid. Had a funny type of shot. Could shoot. Solid on defense. Trash talker? Not much. You know, clever trash talk. You know, he's a dookie. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. Standard trash talk doesn't work if you go to Duke. you yeah. got to up it a notch. Be a little more sophisticated. Intellectual. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating matchup tonight, Carolina and Duke. Carolina, I, I wonder about the emotional toll, yeah. uh, the energy it's gotta be a fact, drop. It? However, 
Kansas has not faced a physical style the way they will tonight throughout this entire tournament. I'm not taking anything away from Kansas being the only one seed in the Final Four. But if you look at their path compared to the path of Carolina, to me, if Carolina brings the same style that they have throughout the entire tournament and dating back to how they finished the regular season, Carolina wins this game outright. Yeah, I'm feeling too confident, and that's a scary, scary, scary feeling. Um, I think we match up well with these guys. And you bring that up, you know, the path we went through was, you know, pretty strenuous. You know, we, you know, we'll be the one seed. You know, the St. Peter's game was whatever. I think we needed that game anyway just to get our legs back. And then the emotional, you know, everything it took to beat Duke. Yep. That's my only worry. Do we have enough juice to get this game done tonight? You know, or are, are we going to be spent? You know, do we get down 12 to 2 because we just come out with low energy and then we got to catch up the whole game? You had mentioned Baycott also. I thought immediately when he had that ankle turn, boy, it's going to hurt a lot worse tomorrow and and maybe Monday night. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've had ankle injuries like that. Uh, What's realistic to expect from him tonight? We saw him on television mouthing the word bleep it to his teammates, like I'm going out there no matter what right now. That's got to be the same mentality tonight, right? Yeah, I expect him to play at least 35 minutes unless he just cannot go. And, um, you know, Lord – Lord willing, he can go because, you know, we we play one one extra big. You know, he doesn't play a lot. But if he can't go, it'll be a three-point three bombing tonight for us because we'll just be shooting them left and right. You know, Kansas had the benefit of – and you play who you play here. They had the benefit of facing uh, Villanova that's banged up yep. in the Final Four. Not their best performance. Um, Providence, you know, it gave them what they could. But, again, they, there hasn't been that real tight – matchup that I feel like Carolina can give them. Yeah, so. I, I don't think they've been tested since maybe in the regular se- end of the regular season. I mean, they, they yeah. pretty much you know, I didn't see any you know, resistance in the Big 12 tournament. Um, like you said, the path has been pretty, you know, decent teams, but not, you know, not been tested. And part of that's Kansas is very, very good. They are very know? good. They are. This is a unique team for Bill Self. They don't have any, like, you know, one and dones, you know, but this, it's a workmanlike team, and, that, and that's what kind of scares me. I'm just too confident that we can just go in there and just handle these guys and, and knock them out. What's it like for a big man? So David McCormick was, was being fed the ball very yeah. frequently against Villanova, but he didn't face much resistance in there. Nah. He didn't have a lot of size. This is going to be a different, different story. Yeah. So you go from one to the next as a big. What's that like? Well, I, you know, I think what Coach Self is going to tell him is to be very aggressive very early. Because if we can get fouls, they can get fouls on Baycott. Um, that can hurt him because he needs that ankle to be warm. You know, he needs to be going, he needs to be playing. He doesn't need to sit down long because it's going to get stiff on him no matter how much tape you put on, no matter how much Advil you take. Um, that's going to be a key matchup. We need to stay, stay out of foul trouble. And I'm okay with giving up a couple layups, you know, sometimes because it's, it's kind of like the NBA philosophy. If you're not deep and it's like the playoffs and this is the play, this is the last game, you know, give up a couple layups sometimes. If you know, don't try to block the shot. You know, I, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a battle on the inside. It's gonna be interesting to watch. We're gonna continue with uh, the national championship preview. Brandon Wright, uh, Tar Hill, with us live on site at Sixth and Peabody. You can join us on the picks. Fanduel.com/slash OK360 is where you can sign up. Uh, the offer still stands for tonight. You can pick a winner. Uh, straight bet five dollars. Pick your winner against the spread. Win or lose, you're getting $150 as an instant bonus in site credit. If you win, you get that back 
um, as your 30 to 1 odds. If you lose, you're getting 150 in site credit to use at FanDuel.com. Chad, it's an awesome setup. If you haven't already signed up, you can pick either Carolina or Kansas against the spread. And you can win 150 either way. What are way. you doing with your life if you've not already done this and you're not on FanDuel? Waste. You need to go ahead and remedy that mistake right now and sign up and take advantage. FanDuel.com slash OK360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. From 6th and Peabody, Outkick 360 rolls on on this championship Monday. Carolina and Kansas tonight for the title. Brandon Wright, former Tar Hill, with us live on site with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Um, the big upset is he's not flying to New Orleans for the national title tonight because of some crazy, uh, crazy uh, travel conflicts with all these charters. There's a, apparently a lot of Carolina fans <laughs> trying to get in New Orleans. And uh, I think Brandon decided, you know what, uh, maybe the solo flight isn't the way to go. Yeah, logistically, let's let everyone know, you could have made it in by leaving here at like 6.30 Central, right? Well, I could have. And then you would have been there at like 7.45 or yeah, something? Yeah, I would have got in late. I, that was a choice, or I could have left at 2 p.m. But I didn't want to miss my daughter's tennis lesson today. So, so you're headed there. So I went, no, I went there. Oh, you're coming straight here from tennis. Yeah, yeah it was. A, and your plan was to go to the airport right after this. We had a 12.30 tennis lesson, and I was going to go to the airport. Hopefully I, would, I could come here yeah. and then go to the airport around like, you know, 4 Four thirty, you know, you know they they'll wait on you, you know, you pay a lot of money, so they'll wait on you. They'll wait. They'll wait. You know, it's only a quick hour and ten minute hop, you know, to get down there. So, and it's not far from the airport. No, it's not far. It's, it's close. a pretty close it's airport. Literally close. That's the only good thing. Like when we used to play New Orleans on back to backs, like we used to come from like Miami or San Antonio, you knew you were going to get to the hotel pretty fast because everything is like right there. Well, this, nope. is a, this is a really good lesson, by the way, for all those that you thought just because you flew scheduled that your flights were affected the last few days, that even people who fly yeah. private, they, their lives are affected, too, by all this yeah, going those, on. So. Those people get... Uh, Celebrities, they're just me, like us. Yeah, yeah not just like me us. in particular. Those people get really, really angry. <laughs> how, oh, was the, uh, how was the tennis lesson? It wasn't good. No? No, but, you know, we got to keep working. Keep working? Yeah. The, 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 instructor, the instructor or the instructee wasn't good? Uh, my daughter wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> not today. She... You know, she's been working hard. She's only seven, you know, and wow. we, I'm pushing her three, four times a week. You know, so we're trying to create that, you know, that I show up every day. I work hard every day. So she's kind of in and out. But she's still learning. You know, Did you watch King Richard and get inspired that your daughter's going to be she the next minute Serena? She is. No, we haven't. We actually haven't watched it yet. It's on the list. We got a lot of shows we got to watch. Man. Your we daughter's so going to really behind. not like you. How much you're going to be pushing her after you watch that movie? I tell you that <laughs> yeah. much. She'll yeah, also have. be in Wimbledon in about five years. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. That's awesome. My twins start. At the end of this month, they start tennis. Five years old. They just turned five wow. a couple weeks ago. They start. So, What's the mentality of the Tar Heels fan who, you know, I think outside looking in, the casual fan of the rivalry matchup between Carolina and Duke says, oh, Carolina's been playing with house money since the Sweet 16. Yeah. They've, they've knocked off Coach K in his final game. Uh, you know, tonight's game, big deal. Great. But with a, with a title on the line, what does the title mean for this group considering – how the team could look next year. I mean, this title means everything. It's, you know, 
and we're not even talking. We can talk about next year. Now, how about last year? You know, yeah, getting blown out by 25 by Wisconsin. Coach Williams abruptly retires. You know, who's going to be our coach? You know, we, we had a lot of candidates, and we come up with Hubert Davis. You know, cool. He's an alumni. You know, not the most exciting hire, but stability. Rough start. You know, we get blown out by Miami this year. We get blown out by Wake. You know, teams we shouldn't have got blown out by Duke. The yep. First game at home, you know, pretty icy. You know, and then those guys started to come together toward the end of the year. Started playing well. We got on a roll. You know, here we are. You know, it's it's, it's, it's almost fairy. It's hard to say fairy tale in, in North Carolina at the same time, but that's where we are. You know, this, this team was not projected to be where they are now. So what matchups determine the title tonight? I think our guards got to dominate. You know, rebound is always the first thing we write on the board at Carolina. Best in the country. Easily. Always. You know, we always top five. You know, that's the number one. But if our guards can dictate and make shots and keep those guys out the paint, and we stay, got to stay out of foul trouble. We, don't, we only play, I'm going to call it five and a half guys. We don't play a lot of guys at all. We can, we can win this thing. You know, and hopefully Baycock, he can play well and, and stay upright and, you know, not roll that thing again, and we'll be okay. Well, the, the, the thing with Caleb Love is he doesn't – he can not shoot well for a half and then comes out. He's not afraid to continue yeah. taking shots until he gets back in rhythm. Had a great game in the Sweet 16 yeah. matchup. Had a great game in the previous matchup against Duke. And, of course, what scored 21 of his 28 in the second half Saturday night. So it's been crazy. I mean – so he didn't give us anything in the first half. Right. Brady Manning didn't either. But R.J. Davis, he, he kept us in the game. And then those guys picked it up. And, you know, we had a nice team effort. Baycock was a beast on the boards. You know, he didn't shoot particularly well. But he was a beast on the board. Even, He's a double-double guarantee. Yeah, yeah. Even Leaky Black made two threes. Yes. I mean, that, he doesn't shoot That the doesn't ball. happen. You know, he's a defender. You know, he's out there to get rebounds, play tough defense, keep the guys together, you know, be a slasher. You know, he made two threes. I mean, you know. Yeah, once you do that, you know you know it's your night. What scares you most about Kansas? That they're just a great team, and they might just run us off the court. Because, I mean, they've been pretty consistent all year. They had their little, you know, their And they like to down. run. Yeah, they do like to run. And I think this game will be, you know, much better on the eyes than the, the semifinal games were because, you know, we're going to push the pace. They're going to push the pace. And, um, you know, I was a little worried about that in the Duke game. Both teams are playing a little bit too uncharacteristically slow you know, for their style, but it picked up in the second half. But I, I think it could be a track meet tonight. You mentioned Leaky Black. He's probably going to get the assignment on Nagbaji. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that matchup, of him limiting, who's been a great player all year for Kansas? Yeah, you know, he was struggling the, the whole tournament until last game, basically. So he kind of came out of his funk. So Started has, out six for six from three. He has to accept the, the challenge tonight. You know, if we can shut him down, that, that'll that'll cut the head off the snake. Um you know, he's a great player. He's going to be a, a probably a top 20, top 25 type of NBA player. So if Leaking can do the job on him tonight, I think that'll, you know, maximize our chances to cut the nets down. Think about the, the legacy of both of these coaches, too. In many cases in the national championship, especially college basketball, the stars are the coaches as much as the players yeah. are. You've got Hubert Davis with a chance to win in year number one yeah. and the run that they've been on as the eighth seed versus Bill Self, who can win for the first time since 2008. And all of this, that is, long, huh? yes, and all this discussion about you know who's the next guy to grab the brass ring that Coach K is no longer there. Bill Self's got the opportunity to do it immediately. Meanwhile, the jump start, for lack of a better word, put this for Hubert Davis and what he can build on, knowing yeah, what Duke's already recruiting. You know, it's it's a it's a crazy like 
parallel. So I look at Bill Self like I look at Coach Williams when he won his first one, and then he had to wait so long to win that next one. You know, that's the situation Bill Self's in. Can he can he bust through? And now with Hubert, you know, he's kind of in the Kevin Ollie situation. Like, yeah. you win this now, all right, we want to win. We need five championships in the next 12 years. <laughs> you know, it's that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Alumni and everything, you know. Reasonable expect- expectations. You know, very unreasonable that, but, you know, that's the world we live in. You know, college, professional sports, you got to win now. If you win early, you got to keep winning. So there's a lot on the line tonight. I mean, the stakes are high on both sides. Give us your final score prediction. I'm going to go. Carolina by. 86-81 Carolina. We cover, we win. Well, I mean, you not only do you cover, you would you, versus the spread. You would Kansas double, you could double the spread. Half. You could double the spread. Okay. Yeah. So oh, nice. you, you would double it. Nice. I, I think we can do it, man. I, I, I like the matchup for Carolina. The only thing is the emotional just drain yeah. of Saturday. Yeah. And the way Kansas just coasted to this. And, and Baycott's ankle would be my other thing. That because too. he did not look right when he got back in there, no, he, even I mean, right after it happened. He picked up that cheap foul. The, the fifth foul was cheap. I, mean, yeah. I feel on, like you know. his ankle would have been at its best right then yeah. with him still moving around a lot than it is going to be tonight. And so. he's, a, you know, he's a big guy. He's you know, 6'10", 250, yeah. 60 pounds. So, you know, we, he needs that, you know, that be able to it's a lot of mass around. on that, that ankle. Brandon, thank you. As really always. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Good luck to your Tar Heels. Brandon Wright. Uh, Tar Hill and, uh, of course, 12-year NBA vet previewing the matchups with us. Coming up, headlines across the sports landscape. We'll dive into the NFL as well and continue our preview of Carolina and Kansas Championship Monday across the OutKick Network. This is OutKick 360.